welcome back to The Stacks, a movie podcast where we talk about cinema, good, bad, and in between. Today we're closing good, the Good, bad, and M. Night Shyamalan. Today we're closing the door on March Night Shyamalan by talking about all of the movies. And I mean all of the movies. In order, yeah. giving brief thoughts on them, and Shyamalan as a filmmaker and storyteller in general. So I have in front of me a list of 15 films that I have seen with mine mm. own eyes, directed, written by, and sometimes starring, Mr. M. Night Shyamalan. Yes. Actually starring, starring, which is really interesting. Mm. Um, often featuring... Yes. One time starring. Mm. Um, obviously, Stuart Little is not on this list, but if you go to the Patreon, no. patreon.com forward slash the stacks on film, you can listen to a whole commentary track about us yeah. riffing on how M. Night wrote the screenplay for Stuart Little. Um, and we may or may not include that in our M. Night ranking. We're not yet. Decided. Okay, yeah. Um, so, we're going to we'll so. start at the start with a student film, or, you know, a, a student yeah. sort of funded film. He got friends and family to pitch in money for his first production called Praying With Anger, which we both watched for the first time, I believe. Um, I like this. Mm-hmm. Um, I like this too. I think it's really, I think it's really interesting. I think it's also kind of like um, objectionably naive mm. and reductive in oh, places. Yeah, yeah. But then I also I don't know enough about the things being presented to have too big of a take on it. So I'd be very much open to to people mm. that have a bit more expertise. But it is it is a very interesting exploration of identity um, that is much more culturally um, personal than his wider films. Mm-hmm. Um, but it definitely has some issues on the scripting side, sure. I think, that'll come up again and again and <laughs> yeah. again and again. Jack, what is this movie? Because people may not have seen it. So Just describe what it is, please. Praying with Anger feels very a very personal movie. Yeah. for M. Night Shyamalan and it's definitely you know in that student student film world in that when you begin writing films and making films uh, the tried tested thing is to write what you know so yeah. a lot of times people will just write about their own experiences or make fictionalized versions pulling from their own experiences and this is about a an Americanized teenager from originally East India um, he's, he's moved back to India yeah um, just to sort so of has come of age in America, so to yeah. speak, and now is is is, is reintegrating himself with back roots, into. So uh, is he at school or is it college? Um, uh, I think I think I it's think college. High, okay, um, like early junior, like junior year of college, perhaps. Yeah. Um, just trying to find his place in the world, a place in this community, in this culture, um, and it's an exploration of that. It's. It's cringeworthy in that all student films are cringeworthy in some regards. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, he's he's wearing a lot of hats. He's he's the star of this film yeah. as well as he's writer good, director. He is, he is good. good. I think this is a, a relatively strong performance from him. Um, the writing is a bit hit and miss. It's, it plays by rather yeah, generic it ta- beats. It's not going to really rock the boat in many it regards. It does really cycle through beats, doesn't it? And it takes on a, mm. some heavier stuff towards the end that I don't think it, the film structure was equipped to deal with no. because of the more like light-hearted. Americans be like this, yeah. But Indians are like this, which was quite interesting because of the perspective it's from. And mm. then when it gets into kind of like wider religious um, and cultural politics and divides towards mm. the end, and kind of like um, movements and protests, that stuff, 
is interesting to watch, but mm. is not pulled off as successfully and doesn't really fit into the movie as, as no, much. I'd say so. Which is weird because that's kind of like what the title somewhat refers to. Yeah. Um, and interesting that like, this is the his first film and those those themes of um like faith and spirituality are there from the get-go yeah. and they become more sort of like metaphorical as his filmography goes along but here it's, it's relatively well, they become less first but become more well later. yes yeah um but yeah interesting too i think this was the the penultimate one i watched in this little marathon so i'd yeah. watched all the big the big stuff the big hollywood stuff and to go back to this smaller independent naive project was quite it's quite humbling uh it's just interesting to see any director's roots uh especially one yeah. so sort of like self-made as m night Shyamalan, and so much of yeah. his personality is just front and center in this film uh it's not great it's fine no, it's, it's interesting enough uh as a debut feature um there's Looks no twist like ass. there's no twist and you know what's the point so yeah um though to me it paints a different portrait of the filmmaker that could have been mm. and it's why Michelle is such an interesting filmmaker and I'm trying to say this without coming across and sounding like a horrible human being but of there is such a homogeneity of perspectives in mainstream um, studio led features and when you see people who are to put it very bluntly non-white directors mm. it's usually limited to telling stories about non-white identity Yeah, um, and that is same for for even femininity that is same mm. for um non-heterosexual sexuality mm -hmm. it's usually you make the films that are extensions of identity and there are a lot of reasons for that and a lot of those films are my, are my favorite mm. films and this seems like emma chamberlain could have been one of those figures yeah um is it is it is it could have chowdery the the, the bendit like beckham and blinded by the light mm. director of it feels like it could have gone that direction, and I've really, I've not, I've never actually seen Bender Light Beckham, but I absolutely love Blinded by the Light. I like, I, I, really, I like Bender Light Beckham. I've never seen it. I, it's good. I, I think it's like great. It. I, I loved Blinded by the Light. I thought mm. it was absolutely wonderful. Um, and it feels like Shyamalan could have been more that kind of filmmaker that is is good and worthy, but very expected. Mm. And for him to just be like, no, nah, I'm just one of the the Hollywood mainstays yes. making yeah, interesting, yeah. high concept science fiction, fantasy stuff mm. is why i think his career is so interesting even though it shouldn't be for that reason mm. um judge me as you want for that listener so after that there's a six-year gap and then we have uh, wide awake from 1998 I don't, get this movie. I don't know what this movie is i don't it's, it it feels this feels like a, a gun for hire movie very much like um i rented this movie on youtube.com <laughs> um yeah, what Stephen? Can you talk us through the general idea of this movie? <laughs> um, not really, um, but I'll try. <laughs> um, so it is sub Rushmore crap, um, mm. where a precocious school kid at a Catholic school yep. knows better than the ones around him and asks the theological questions, but he's also discovering girls at the same mm -hmm. time, maybe learning a bit about himself, and he loves his grandfather, but his grandfather dies. Oh, um, and it's just him having some comic misunderstandings and learning what god is but in a way that eventually becomes just complete faith-based propaganda yeah really <laughs> um, strangely like it begins in like a relatively harmless way and it's a sort of like childish antics and you know very sort mm. of wholesome and innocent but the the longer the film goes on the more the the faith-based stuff comes into play yeah. really strongly which i did not expect really yeah it, it is which 
does recur in his wider filmography, mm. um, but not usually like this. So I think maybe Signs gets a bit close in, in this kind of way. Maybe. Um, it's just not very good. But the one reason I kind of enjoy it on a meta way is they just don't make this kind of film anymore, do they? I don't think so. And if they are making these films, I don't watch them or hear about but them at all. But this kind of family film, which mm. is just kind of like Stuff. shorthand for plotless nonsense that just, kind like, of just happens mm. in front of your eyes with some, I'm playing a child. Everything's in this kind of zone. Mm. It's very 90s, early 2000s. Of, I feel like every film I watched on VHS when I was growing up was basically yeah. this film. I'm sure there was a and... very melodramatic trailer for this movie on like the previews on a VHS mm. tape that I had and I probably fast forwarded it through every time like I don't want to learn about Catholicism and dead grandparents that sounds boring Mr. Uh, for me, I'm going to be a prick and I'm going to say movies like this make me wish that animation had stayed as an art form basically um, animation becoming far more accessible has meant that like all, all children's films are just like low rent animations now yeah that's um, true that's true we so, don't get enough uh, like live action faith based propaganda from we, we, visionary directors who would go on to shape a certain corners of Hollywood yeah, this would be AI helped cartoon now <laughs> if it came out. This would be um, a YouTube video. And not I think this one was good, but I do think there is still room and maybe a dearth of live action content that is not only for kids, but mm. is accessible for kids and yeah. is like a babysitting film of this movie is going to be 90 minutes to two hours and I need to go do something so it's on the VHS player watch and, it and well the kid's going to come back with questions about you know yeah. life and spirituality and the afterlife and where's grandpa gone and Catholicism yeah. and things like that it's I'm not mad at just it I just didn't enough. like it yeah if um, I was building Lego sets while watching it it'd be perfect oh I wish I'd of, done that that's what, that's, that's what they're aiming for here <laughs> um, my childhood so yeah and that's the period of Emma Chama's career that no one talks about done and um, on reflection Jack why does no one talk about it? Because they're just relatively dull. <laughs> like they're yes, because it's not worth talking about. Not worth talking about. Uh, I'm glad <laughs> I've seen this them. Ten minutes of podcast. I'm glad I've <laughs> seen them now because I, I've ticked off two boxes and I've got a nice little stat saying I've completed M Night Shyamalan's uh, filmography. But yeah, for the most yeah. part, those first two movies are just yeah they are for completion's yeah. sake i would say but now we're going to get into the real stuff and i'm saying capital r real stuff with a little movie what called a jump. what a jump it is the year after um <laughs> no the year after <laughs> um wide awake we've got two movies one called Stuart little which we're not going to talk about and yeah. another movie no. called the sixth sense the most spoiled movie in cinema history maybe yeah because we, we grew up in you know late 90s 2000s and i definitely heard way more yep. about this movie way before i saw it uh mm -hmm. i i put it off for the reasons that oh i know the twist yep same and you, i can't watch the movie if i if i know the twist what's the point and watching it this time round, it is still such an interesting and engaging movie regardless of twist-based knowledge i'm gonna be honest this film is capital g great. great it is a great movie mm. and i am someone who previously said the sixth sense was a bad movie mm. um i must have watched it in a mood i guess i mean i watched it expecting it to be a twist film but knowing the twist and my very reductive take was just eh 
this is dogs i know what it all means and watching it with fresh eyes i don't know more life and films under me yeah it's such an interesting movie and i think i love it as a twist film because it doesn't really hide its twist no it's, it's not it's so, trying to trick you at any point it's so apparent like any anyone it can is. put it together um really from from the initial bruce willis takes a tumble <laughs> yeah and what i think why i like it so much now and i really really like it is the twist works because it is a twist for the characters mm. of it's like it's a twist inside of the movie it's a twist for them more than it is for the audience yeah and it's their realization that makes it more interesting mm. and i think the village is the same in that when we get to that mm. of this is more interesting for the characters than it is as an actual yeah audience reveal i completely agree yeah it's it's a kind of building narrative it's a kind of building narrative as character in that way of it changes the dynamic a dynamic inside of the film as opposed to you being like whoa that's the statue of liberty um, <laughs> yeah abe lincoln is a monkey now yeah wait, uh, okay. <laughs> that, that movie man uh different yeah, movie wait, movie. wait um, for tim burton podcast in 20 years yeah time. wait wait for april for that um <laughs> yeah um so the sixth sense um so you've always liked this um i think so i mean i've seen it i didn't i wouldn't say i'd liked it i i I don't think i was in my film watching career where i was Mm. outwardly like liking things i was just watching things just set just so i had watched them it was like you've not seen the sixth sense how have you not seen the sixth sense so i watched the sixth sense so i could say i've seen the sixth sense but rewatching it and just taking it as yeah watching with fresh eyes with several films under my belt trying to work out m night as a filmmaker and storyteller with a great appreciation for bruce willis as well um this is just great it's just really captivating and just like the, the level it, of intrigue it is really throughout. captivating it moves so nicely mm. Mm. that's a key thing of all of his movies they, they they move the camera moves really interesting propels you along um he writes very specifically and there's this kind of like distance and remove to his characters and an uncanniness and when he's got a plot to match it it's perfect because mm. you're just like this is strange and why are you weird mm. and he here finds the he gets the best out of bruce willis um mm. i really i really think he does and i think bruce willis can be brilliant and obviously is, is great as john mcclain or whatever mm. but these and like Shyamalan roles are just they get a different a side of, of him broken get... sensitive man mm. yeah uh, a side that maybe Hollywood doesn't want you to see of action stars yeah. like Bruce Willis. There's a naivety, there is a vulnerability, um, and and Willis sells it really, really well. But both characters are so good here. I think Henry's Hedge- Hedge- performance. I think is, is... was he nominated for an Academy Award or something at the time? I, I think. goddamn hope so. Uh, okay, he's, he's really good. stunning. I, I, we'll talk about this later, but some of the child performances in these Shyamalan movies, as we go on, mm. just get so so bad but this is like he is the he is the central point of this movie really it's that perfect balance of i do find you a little bit scary and i know i shouldn't but kids uh, are but kids are exactly. always scary you know and, that, and that's that's why it's so good mm. I, there's just there's, there's so much to like here it is for me it is a film about like shared trauma mm. and understanding um it's about two characters who have such an experience of the world and are so shaken by the things that they have seen really mm-hmm. and they've experienced a different life to those around them because of what's built them so um, bruce willis's character through him working as a as, as a therapist um 
and then he does Osmond's character of mm. clearly there is a background of some really sad things yes, here, yeah. and that's kind of like sterilized for, for, for the ghost idea. And it's two people that build a bridge through that trauma conversation. It is it is film as therapy in that way, and mm. I really really appreciate that. But a bridge, a thing that I do like about it is playing a film expectation of there is something fundamentally weird about why is this grown man spending so much time with this kid mm. but because it's a movie you don't think about that at all you're just like yeah it's the lead it's and the lead and he's the, a child he's a child psychologist of course he's going to be with the child that's so, taken as read easy but the film gets so much past you by doing that and then when the twist comes it's like oh yeah well that's why they were hanging out all the time because he's a goddamn yeah. ghost well it's that scene and where it's, it's like the anniversary dinner and oh, he's sat at the so table good. just talking to no one it's like well yeah he's a ghost he's obviously a ghost she would l- at least look him in the eyes and she just says like so happy anniversary good. and pays for the dinner oh yeah i'm but sure I, I do like that as ghosts in people's lives of these things that that hang around yeah and people it's, around. it's it the is, aftermath isn't it it's, it uh, is a, it's literal, a lingering hmm, it is a literal look at death and the afterlife that also happens to be deathly metaphorical i think it's just it's brilliant i think again as we'll say a few times the ending is just like needs another 10 minutes yeah of, uh, yeah that's... let's deal with this and mm. then credits yeah he's not good at going beyond bam that's the twist you're like that's not really a we twist a... though that's more of a complication that's exactly that's a but where we need a full stop you have said but this ghost and then you've ended the entire paragraph rather than leaving some breathing room for fallout of those events but again yeah we're going to talk about that in unbreakable uh there's some other yeah. films as well like ugh. so yeah unbreakable is next which yeah unbreakable is, uh... we have covered unbreakable split and glass on uh, the yeah. previous episode the east rail 177 trilogy but unbreakable is good it's really good it's really really good and it, it is such a great thematic and kind of like performance first continuation of of, of the sixth sense they are a wonderful like two great hitters. double bill yeah um, uh, uh uh just the year after as well two two mm-hmm. years two great bruce willis Shyamalan films there though you do see it start to fray a little bit because there are edges of unbreakable that you're like this is a little bit silly mm. um whereas sixth sense does have a a prestige sixth sense actually thinking about it to me feels like modern tv more than it feels like a cinema. modern cinema mm, interesting. It, it feels like it's an hbo show to me now yeah, like, I can that's see that. where i get that kind of slow character focused lingering storytelling and mm. i do mean that as praise mm. um um unbreakable I should watch his tv he has a tv show i should watch it has he i did servant. not know about that i have not heard of it's that. an apple tv show that has rupert grint in it which is i think why he's in knock at the cabin ah uh, that would make sense interesting so signs jack signs um uh i think i talked about this briefly on one of our other episodes but uh, another one i'd avoided for a long time just because uh i don't like mel gibson really um i well yeah (laughs) i'd heard of it's just like a silly alien movie um it's got some child actors in it and i usually avoid that but i was pleasantly surprised and it's i've come away finding this Finding this film like the one I've 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 got a lot out of it is filmography. Yeah, it's really, I'd it's say a really, really thoughtful movie. Mm. I think it, it it wears its heart completely on its sleeve and it does all of its thinking out loud and some of its thinking is quite shallow. And I think the end ten minutes once yeah. again is not again. very good. Uh-huh. Fumbles but fumbles the bag there, but really I think good before that. 
some of the things it's saying and the ways in which it is saying them uh, is Shyamalan at his best in, in that mm. he understands his own work, he understands what he's trying to get across, and it doesn't fumble as much as some of the other films. Earnest. Completely yes, earnest. earnest. Exactly, um, always earnest. Don't show me the alien when it shows the alien. Though there are some really good like tense bits. I mm. do like when there's the alien behind the door and he tries to get the mirror yes. image to see it. Like, there's some... Really good visual or like action or horror esque ideas in here. I do like the cinema of cinematic ideas rather than like first ideas. Like here's a an idea for a, for a moment for a set piece. Signs is a very cool movie. It is just has a bit of awe and wonder to it. Feels a bit old sci fi in that way. Yeah. Um, definitely ties into the tensions. It. it I do weirdly classify it as post 9-11 cinema, though I can never prove that it was influenced I, I, by it because the, mm, the timing the time is, is don't not quite, quite right. Line up, yeah. But the sense of paranoia in it and that sense of fear of the globalised but religiously split world of, I don't know, we focus a lot on 9-11 as an isolated event because mm. that pushes a certain American narrative. Yes. And I feel films like this do play into that sense of the world was kind of at a turning point or more people were aware of things because of increased globalization and because of increased um, cultural interaction. And this really becomes, it becomes the 9-11 film because it, it becomes part of the, the cultural um, osmosis, the cultural output that existed around that moment that is larger than that moment itself is why that moment matters so much. One, because it's a tragedy and two, because it is a moment in history that is so much more than itself and movies like Signs, I think, do reflect that of mm. the kind of thinking that was happening on screens and out loud at that point. It's a great take, yeah. I didn't really think about it as a post-9-11 film, but um, yeah, that works. Fear of the fear of the other and, you know, faith and religious difference. Yeah. And I do like the, the preacher at the heart of it. It is, I think maybe what my take is, it's very much about America looking as itself as what does America mean in the world mm. of now the world becomes larger and it's larger in sense of you can hear more of and it is very much about like media representation through this of what does christian america mean on the world scale mm. and i feel that mel gibson as this who is annoyingly very He's good very very and yeah exactly uh, very, very annoying brilliant because uh, in another world he could have been just one of the best of the best but he had to just yeah. have the views that he has and do, does the things terrible terrible terrible, terrible human being yeah maybe we should watch all of his movies no, i will not. not do that <laughs> i will watch mad max some will. one and some two will. some will and i yeah. will not <laughs> um i'll watch braveheart at some point maybe um i'd never seen the village before I didn't know that. I'd, I'd never seen the village before. Again, I just put them off because I, I just, I discarded them, disregarded them mm. because I knew the twist. And it's like, you know, on the on the on the playgrounds and in high school, uh, the conversation got on to M Night Shyamalan. It's like, oh, you got to see yeah. the village. It's like, oh, I kind of know the whole gist of it. Like, it's yeah. this community, but is it in olden times? It's not in olden times, and it's all about this insular community and ah. And then re- watching it this time, I was like, "God damn, this is a great movie." <laughs> it's it is a properly great film. I mm. and I'm so glad that I still feel that way. I'm really glad that you feel that way. Mm. So I've got two little anecdotes here. Okay. Um, well, one's an anecdote. One's a this is the best cameo. Okay. Of yeah, yeah. Any of the cameos because it not because of the role that's in it, but because this cameo is framed through a reflection. Mm. It's incredible. It's such a beautiful shot 
of you realise that M. Night Shyamalan is the guy that is keeping these people in there, which is a great little meta thing. Yeah, What's that meta yeah, thing? yeah. He's, he's the architect. Of this, yeah. And that role means nothing apart from it being him, and that's what makes the film more intelligent than it's given credit for, and the fact that you only see his face reflected, literally reflected, in the place where um, the character is going to steal out some medicine yeah. that he doesn't know. And it's one of the most amazing shot compositions I've ever seen in any mm. movie ever. It is utterly stunning. Um, so just wow stuff. Absolute wow stuff. Um, here's my anecdote of first watching The Village, which I think is relevant. Um, I watched this um, late at night when I was visiting my grandparents in Brighouse. I had it as a rented DVD. And they'd gone to bed. And I'd seen The Sixth Sense at this point. I didn't really like it. And... I knew the twist of the village, which I did not really like it. And I watched it and absolutely loved it. Mm. And was just so gripped throughout. And this was in an era of, I'd finish watching a movie and I'd go to IMDb mm-hmm. and I would read reviews of it. Yep. And I had, it's one of my earliest, because I was, I was a teen, one of my earliest things of being like, is my opinion wrong? Was my yeah, takeaway here. Because sure. I was just like, I really loved that, and everything I'm reading is, is saying this film isn't good. I'm like, am I, I wrong? Am are I they wrong? wrong? Yeah, sure, sure, sure. It, that went, went back. A weird grappling ba- moment. Well, back in the day when having an interest in art and film, there was only a right and wrong answer. You know, you yeah. either you either got a film and it was good and it worked, or it was bad and it didn't work and people didn't like it. There was no conversation. Mm. There was no nuance. There was no opinion. There was just good and bad. Well, I think also I was at a point in my media kind of consumption where I was actively only seeking things out that were acclaimed. Yeah, um, yeah. So well, it's like, just, which is just how you get into anything, really. Mm. You go for the top stuff, all the you know the well-renowned yeah. stuff. And that was just like, why don't they like it? And I was like, should I have liked this? Mm. And it would, and that's why I was scared to go back to it. Because it's like, what if now I'm I'm wrong and it's not great? It's a absolutely great film. It's it's beautiful. And um, why do you like it so much? It's gorgeous. Uh, it's a great ensemble it cast. Is gorgeous, I, I again, yeah. I I only knew the name of the film and the general premise and twist basically. So going into twist this, cool. um, just the ensemble cast, I was like, oh, they're in this. Oh, cool! Yeah. Sigourney Weaver's in this. Mister yeah. Mister Gleason, William Hurt's in this. Yeah, but um, it's just yeah. This the sense of community and mm. the intrigue as to what is in the, the 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 wider surface area at play here. What is keeping these people inside here? And then the as as the narrative progresses and the reasons why they they choose or try and keep people within is so engaging. Uh, the scary monster suits. That's terrifying. It's a great, Absolute I love great it. horror visual. If you again, do not great know horror twists. ideas, mm. full of great horror ideas, and it's just it just moves. It it it's it's slick. It's sleek. It looks great. Again, Adrian Brody, not a good person, but the Adrian Brody stuff is very really, interesting. Really good. Joaquin that, Phoenix as well, uh, another great Joaquin Pe- uh, Phoenix performance in one of these movies. The, maybe he was good one of science. the only good Bryce Dallas Howard performances. Um, uh, yeah, she's the she's the lead here, and she's very good. Sells it very well, and as the you know the surrogate for the audience, really in this in this village, she's she's fantastic. Yeah, and and that escape sequence is so interesting. And it's knowing the twist does not matter at all, much like with um, Sixth Six Sense, Sense, because it becomes dramatic irony if you're like, I know something yeah. you, the characters, don't know. Mm-hmm. And that makes this more 
interesting. Yes. Um, and it's actually just the best way to tell the story. It makes the story be much more impactful. And I love that idea of the world's a really scary place. And it does, again, feel very of its time of this world waking up that could hide itself away mm. the globalized world from the moral complexity of things around them and now is barraged by images and can join up in ways and realize there is there is so much shared suffering um and the reaction to that to just run away is really really interesting and there is a need to rebuild and rebuild new things what this film shows is you need to be really careful what you build and what biases you build those things mm. with Otherwise, you are doomed to repeat those things. So because they create another patriarchal system, mm. another traditionalist system, it is about maintaining, it is about why you hide away from things, it is about the need to confront things at times. There's a lot to think about. I think it has its conversations really interestingly. It doesn't have them all out loud, which I always like. I, I really, really love it as a piece of philosophical cinema. Mm. I really love it as a piece of tension cinema yes, and horror cinema. Yes, very well And very well Roger done. Deakin stuff is... Oh, that makes what sense. I, I I completely missed that credit, but yeah, yeah. this this makes sense as a Deacon's movie. And again, so much natural light, or the illusion mm, of natural light, yeah. is just stunning. The and color work is so important to the film. Brilliant. When Shyamalan works with James Newton Howard as well, I think they're two creative voices that meld together really well. I think Newton Howard always makes a a sonic world that always matches the, yeah. the tone and atmosphere of Shyamalan's movies. Whether the movie itself is good, like village or bad like lady in the water um <laughs> james newton howard always brings that that sonic element that's very needed for the world building i'd say yeah and, and you don't get midsummer without without the village to mm. honest, like, oh that's is, true yeah insular communities and horror horror thematics i, I think that a lot of the color work in in, in midsummer a lot of the visual treatment feels quite indebted to this mm. um whether it is or not i don't know but for me that the, there is there is a, definitely a that, the village needs though. to be loved more Everyone that thinks they don't like it, watch it again and watch it with fresh eyes. Because I think some people um, will react to a film based on what they think they should feel about that film. Mm, very so, true. Watch it again. I think you'll like it more than you think you will. The Village is, is a really great film. Uh, Post Village, we have 2006's <laughs> Lady in the Water. We've covered this already on the Kino Thanks <sighs> feed. Because I would... We don't think it's very good, folks. It's it's not very good. It's it's I would say bad. It is a bad movie. Yeah. Um, friend of the show, um, Para, I had a, a lovely conversation with them about about this film. But they they kind of like explained some of the reasons why they like it. Mm. Um, of, and I think they're going to write a, a longer piece about it at some point. And it was very interesting. Like things I not thought about of this a lot more like a D and D kind of reading of like projected fantasy into the world and playing along, which is actually key to a lot of his filmography of like playing along of, with the games of others. Uh, and, yeah, and sure. But I'm not just going to power up the ideas of somebody else. Um, so please go to them if you want that lovely explanation. But yeah, still for me, it, it may work. It may work. It does not work for me. No, it becomes luckily he bounces back afterwards. Well, yeah, there is that. This was his first uh, critical and financial flop, I'd imagine. Well, The but, Village uh, was a critical flop. Um, uh, well, maybe not financial, actually. I don't know. Maybe his his movies always seem to make money because he keeps making them. And he, he yeah, keeps, I have no he idea if they make money or not. I know Split did. Um, sure, but... why? Um, the Happening. <laughs> it's great. The Happening. 
campy B-movie throwback with just the worst dialogue and some of the worst ideas. Lowercase g, great. Executed in a very interesting manner. Stephen thinks it's lowercase g, great. I think it's, I don't know, lowercase b, bad? Or or capital B, (laughs) bad? I don't know. Like, good bad. Capital A, bad. Capital A, bad. (laughs) Capital D. It's always interesting. I don't think it ever works, but... It, oh, I think it works 100% of the time. Watching it through Stephen's new lens of it's meant to be this this paranoid B-movie from the 50s, yeah. maybe, but... It's, plot. Come on. it's it's very, very fun. I'd, I'll give it that. It's yeah. fun, whether intentional or not. Um, and then and after the happening, we have. Then he puts out his four worst movies in a row. Oh <laughs> god, let's just Maybe go. Th- let's just go through these because man. <laughs> Maybe six. Last six Airbender, I just still don't. Turns out truncating a whole season's worth of television into an hour and a bit is a bad idea. Um, nothing really interesting. I mean, like. <sighs> Adapt, adapt, I can't adapting. bring myself to utterly hate it. I'm sorry. I can't. Oh, sure, sure. I mean, I, I, it's just ad- adapting a, a very stylized and energetic animated series into a rather yeah. droll and boring and self-serious live-action film yeah. just does not work for me at all. It, totally. I But as someone that's unfamiliar with the art of the show sure. enough of that bleeds through to make some visual interest sure okay yeah I'll um, give like, you that. i like some of the designs here and the scale and scope of it mm-hmm. and it's an entirely trope based narrative but it's just like some of the tropes uh, yeah it's so tropey in that it's like you're reading <coughs> a wikipedia synopsis for a first season oh, yeah, of a yeah. tv show which it is rather than this should be you know uh, a long-form television show perhaps or a longer scale film but yeah, it's I just not did his not worst enjoy. movie. But it's not his but worst. It's, it's far from his best. Um, oh, yeah, it, After it Earth, bad. After Earth, I rewatched. Um, didn't hate it, but again, just doesn't feel like the M Night that I like. Um, just really. So the story really the story goes that Will Smith wanted to make goes. Jaden Smith a star. Uh, so had this script treatment for like his own Star Wars, his own sort of you know yeah. big blockbuster it's sci-fi shenanigans. Dune than Star Wars. It is. Wild. It is Dune. But Fear it's is the bad mind killer. <laughs> Denied. Denied. Um, it's just boring. It's just droll. It's just I don't. I, I Jane. I will say Jaden Smith has done some interesting performances in movies I like. I think he's genuinely quite good in the Karate Kid remake with Jackie Chan. But okay, After, after Earth is not a great showcase for him or or Will this is Smith. The I'd only say film I've seen of his, and I think he is utterly terrible in this mm. film. And the film being built around only him and Will Smith, and Will Smith being an actor who is good because of charisma, mm, and him and playing, playing a character that is so at odds un- with <laughs> the thing that he is good at. <laughs> yeah, playing it's off. a choice. Yeah, but I don't... hey, that worked for Bruce Willis. True, true, <laughs> but uh, it does not work here. And again, it's no, just it's got bad. like that wave like post star wars everyone wants to make a star wars but it's so hard to make a star mm. war let alone a star wars mm. and uh, mm. cypher rage and asteroids and it all becomes parody of that ilk of science fiction again like some of the fantasy p- 
pastiche of uh, Lady in the Water. This just feels like a sci-fi version of just straight to streaming or like direct to video. Earth, it? Yeah, a little, little bit of Yeah, a little bit of that. It doesn't look great. It's, it's kind of Scientology. Yeah, something like that. There's some interesting monsters, but that's about it. <laughs> He's in a bowl. He has like a, a a bowl that he was in when his parents got attacked that was kind of weird i want to hear more about his ball <laughs> sure why not yeah it's not very good not sorry i'm not good i like you but i don't like that movie next the visit bad we've talked about it we've, we've talked, talked about, about it on the lady in the water episode as like a little was it the lady in the water episode no it was um what was that shit uh, I think it might what, have been. Was it Lady in the Water episode? Was it that? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Lady in the Water yeah. episode, we talked a bit about the visit. It's just not great at all. I think it's utterly terrible. Yeah. It's. Uh, old people are scary. Mm-hmm. Uh, mental illnesses are bad and just scary mm-hmm. and animalistic and, and kids horrific. Rap. Kids rapping is never good. <laughs> Oh. Um, doesn't understand the form of found footage at all. No, which I, turns out I'm a found footage defender, so there you go. Yeah, exactly. And if Stephen doesn't like this, then you know something's wrong. Yeah. Um, Split and Glass, I never wish to talk about again. <laughs> we covered them. Uh, Split, not good. Glass, not good. Makes me like Unbreakable more. As a trilogy, it's terrible. Now, listen, people listen to us. If I was going to revisit old, so did I. And so people kept asking I, me as well, and I was like, I almost considered it, but I just, I just didn't want to. <laughs> to be, I it. think they forgot something. Jack is that old gave me COVID. Um, old gave so... you COVID, and it made me older, and I'm older than I was yeah. when I watched uh, old for the first time, and I don't want to mm. go to the beach again. So sorry. When I watched old the first time, I didn't have COVID, mm. and when I woke up the next morning, I took a COVID test, and I had COVID. So, so that's it. The uh, beach, people the beach that gives want, you COVID. Want that? Want that for me? I had COVID again recently. I don't want COVID again. It falls into the so. the M Night category of almost so bad it's good for me, just in terms of the absolutely buck wild decisions it makes. Um, the performances are just strange, and the dialogue is that sort of creed of M Night dialogue where no one else writes like this because people don't yeah. talk like this, and this is not how ideas are shared. I don't like how it looks. Um, this don't is like the how one it looks. Where I don't- I don't like the filmmaking here, so I don't like glide past and being like, oh, it's so beautiful, it's clever. I'm like, it's just kind of No, weird. It, it's um, like... The it, stuff of the baby I find generally upsetting in a bad way. Uh, there's one moment in the cave where there's some Junji oh, pretzel. Ito mm. pretzel. That's mm. an interesting visual idea for 30 seconds of the movie. The beach made me old. I did not enjoy it. Yeah, I don't want to revisit it. Um, and the also seems like his next movie... Seems like taking a much more interesting adapted source and making quite a quite a dumb thing out of it. Knock at the cabin, or um, Knock at the cabin and old both are based on on things. Aren't oh, they? I didn't I didn't realize old was based on something. I think is old that... is based on a graphic novel called Sandcastles, something like that. Oh, okay, um, interesting. That it seems to be more interesting. Um, Knock at the cabin. Uh, Knock at the cabin. The did, novel, you, did you read the novel, the or are you familiar with the novel no, at all? No, no. I looked at the Wikipedia plot summary. <laughs> yeah, basically that's what I did after the. Uh, after the movie, you like this uh, more than I do. I just don't. I, think it's I, I just don't think this comes together in the way that it should. Uh, I don't know. I, there are some good good performances within it. I don't really 
like the story as a, as a whole maybe that's just my problem with this story yeah. and the book as well um again looking at i shouldn't have really looked up the book because the book's ending sounded more interesting to me yes um, definitively i think so batista's really good I, he's, I, I he's love Batista. He holds that the movie. wrestler's gonna. Get, that wrestler will it's, get an Oscar. It's so weird to me to think that Batista and The Rock were kind of wrestling around the same time, and The Rock has gone on to attempt to be the biggest star in the world and just make crap after crap after crap for so much money. And Batista's over here doing so much. Like he's in such a strange rainbow of movies. Mm. Like he's in your Knives Outs. <laughs> he's in your M Night Shyamalan's. He's in your Dunes. He's in your Guardians of the Galaxy. He's in your Man in with your the Blade Iron Runners. Fists. He's in your Blade Runners. He's just having a career and I'm mm. all here I'm here for it. And even like Knock at the Cabin, he's which really I good. don't like. Um it's 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 the upper it's the upper rung of this lower stuff for me i'd say i it's captivating in moments but just does not come together for me in a way that i think it should work i i think on a craft level i think it's just really really cool mm. and I, I read like calvin's take about how it, it uses different um directs of photography to like get like different stars across and it's just it's it's full of pure filmmaking choices sure but it's not backed up by narrative and thematic choices. Yeah, that's that's probably it's my problem with the movie didn't here. Craft didn't meet content. It is an attempt to divorce craft completely from content, and the content is 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 really quite vapid to the extent if you think about it too much. I find it a bit like, oh, yeah, mm, no, ooh, no, actually, <laughs> um, it so doesn't engage with a very interesting core idea about what kind of god does this. Mm. Um, but hey, I still do quite like it. It's one of my favorite films of the year so far. But that's so because far, been, it's because you've seen like, like no, no good, good films. Movies. <laughs> um, well, so how to blow up a pipeline is better than it. There you go. Oh well, I'd Don't love to see that. Surprisingly, I would like watch to watch how that. to blow up a pipeline, which is absolutely fantastic. <sighs> Apparently, he's An got actual good movie. He's got a movie slated for next year called Trap. Very excited. Of which we know nothing, but yeah, going I'm into more that. excited for his next film, which has a great title. Uh, un- untitled M. Night Shyamalan Project that one sign me up <laughs> <laughs> I hope it stays that same name <laughs> plot under wraps and I hope it's his mummy movie oh, and, I, and, I, and I really hope it's tagline is plot under wraps yeah absolutely untitled M. Night yeah, Shyamalan yeah absolutely yeah yeah and it's <laughs> it's one minute long so Stephen yeah. leaving March Night Shyamalan behind how did you come into yeah. this project and what are you leaving with what have you gained from this retrospective I'm- project I'm glad you asked that because I was going to ask at the beginning and, and then I forgot. So thank you so much. Mm. Um, I went into this famously saying M. Night Shyamalan is a great filmmaker that makes bad movies. Mm-hmm. M. Night Shyamalan is a great filmmaker that used to make really, really, really interesting really good movies. Interesting films. And now can still make films. Can make good and, looking films. And... I'm actually more annoyed at the badness of the later ones mm. than I was. Yeah, I'm it's... less kind of like intrigued by what an interesting guy. I mean, like you did used to be very, very good. It's less an and annoyance you could and more that. less an annoyance and more a disappointment. I'd say it's like, oh, this is what you were. This is what you could be. This is what you can do with, you know, and mm. and like hats off to him. He is one of the only filmmakers in Hollywood working at this level under control of all of his own sort of elements at play. And he producing very movies. artistically constructed films mm. that feel of a Hollywood that has gone. 
Uh, and just working in genre cinema at a level that no one else really is working at. Yeah. Like a lot of the a lot high concept movies that would would in another world by any other director be dumped on sci-fi or dumped on Netflix, dumped on Amazon Prime. Would and become like the film that. Devil, for example. Oh, I'm glad we did not return to Devil. Um, is he, he did Elevated. Did he wrote, he wrote that, didn't he? That was a short story. Wrote and produced. Right, yeah. that was it. And he's a, got a cameo, probably. Yeah, as the Devil. Yeah, so that has been March Night Shyamalan. Definitively, Indie we have... Co- still excited for his, his next stuff. Um, yes, M- untitled M. Night Shyamalan Project, 2024. Yeah, actually, to be fair, I went into this thinking I will always watch an M. Night Shyamalan movie, and I've come out of that more resolved to do that, of, yeah. I don't care where you go in M. Night, I'm really I, interested in what you're doing. He's a very singular voice, an interesting voice, mm. not always a successful... <laughs> Um, filmmaker, but always an interesting and engaging one, I'd say. Mm. I, I've come out of this enjoying the ones that I thought I enjoyed, uh, and yeah. a, a greater appreciation for the good stuff, and yeah. like, yeah, not an annoyance at the bad stuff, but just a disappointment. Uh, but yeah, still, yeah, yeah, yeah. still an interest in them. Um, and yeah, you can't really point to anyone else currently working like this, I'd say. So it's just an interesting fellow over there in La La Land in Hollywood, USA. Mm. Yeah. Thank you, M. Night. Um, Thank you, M. Night. subscribers will get more as we wrangle these M. Night Shyamalan movies into a bracket, which we're going to do with we're going to do that. We're going themed to do that. themes we where are going to they that. lend themselves to brackets. Mm. So subscribers... So- yeah. Listen and watch that. Head over. If you're not a subscriber, subscribe. And yeah. Listen and watch that. Head over to patreon.com forward slash the stacks on film mm-hmm. where you get That's a us. bundle of all sorts of little podcasts and videos, and we will be doing a tier ranking of M. Night Shyamalan's entire filmography yeah. to date. Um, that should be fun. Tears will flow. Um yeah. and, yes, and, more and, tears. and officially, listener, now you've stayed forty five minutes into this podcast, I can finally, <laughs> finally announce oh, Jack, I've been watching so many Planet of the Apes movies. Like I've, I've, I've watched, I've watched all of them now. So I'd already watched the the most recent series. I didn't go back and rewatch those. I didn't really oh. want to. I do like the first two quite a bit. Um, so oh, I kind of want to go for my opinions of them. But I, I guess I can, I can hope the next one. But I've seen them all now. Right, all. record so scratch. The next month. Record scratch. So I tempted Stephen into this idea of okay, we've done some, we've done some fun stuff this. This mm. thus far in the year, we've done a massive retrospective on a, a director. I want to do something silly, mm. and I toyed with the idea of doing April, where we did nothing but monkey movies. What do you mean toyed? What do you mean toyed? Which I said this Jack, is exactly. Jack, what I watched like nine Planet of the Apes movies. What are you talking about? Uh, we're not doing that at all. We are doing Elaine Maypril, and people will immediately be like, "Why don't you do Elaine May?" You know, where it's in May, and I'm like, "No, that's what they expect us to do. <laughs> we're doing Elaine Maypril. We're going to talk about Elaine the filmography Maypril. of Elaine May, who you may know um, from you Ish- may know. you may know as the director of Razzie classic um, Ishtar, which I've never seen but always wanted to. Same, um, and I guess same." Uh, Mikey and Nikki, and, which is very interesting. Uh, a new leaf with Walter Matthau. Love it. And there is a th- there's a fourth one that I'm forgetting the name of, but we will be covering Heartbreak them Kid. all in some. That's the one. We'll be covering them all in some regard, whether on this feed, on the Kino Thanks feed, on the Patreon yeah. feed, or in like a, another one of these retrospective rundowns. Really, it's uh, and, you know to peak 
to peek behind the curtain, I was fully aware of this, and I thought it'd be fun to troll people by continually yeah. watching Planet of the Apes movies. I mean, um, interesting. Can you give us a quick rundown on what you think of those ape films? Yeah, because, I can do, actually. Uh, that um, sounds great. <laughs> yeah, I really like them. Um, so here's, here's April Mini, I guess. Um, <laughs> the movie The Planet of the Apes is... is sorry, not even... First one. The, the movie it's just Planet, Planet of, of the, the Apes, Apes yeah. is really, really good. Mm. Um, it is... To me, a fascinating kind of like sci-fi moment of this is the sixty-eight. This is the same year as Turns on a Space Odyssey. Wow! And this is a film that has its foot in how movies were, um, science fiction movies are, but also wants to be a bit high concept and philosophical. And it is torn between those worlds really interestingly. It is pulpy and silly, but it was also having big conversations about politics, about racial divides, abstracted mm. through metaphor, and about class divides and about technology it, it is silly but i like the world building in it i like the way it looks i like the way the narrative progresses the twist at the end isn't really a twist like at no point do you kind of not think that's the case so it's mm. just it's just actually a fun visual it's overstated as a twist which is fun sure. and again like with m night it's a good twist for the character because that really means something. oh yeah it's a, it's, um, a, it's a proper breakdown performance there from mr yeah. gunnut heston there yeah, Charlton Heston is, is very good in this movie. So that first film is, is utterly great. Mm. And the second film is really interesting. I like that one. Because it's not very good. That's Beneath, um, isn't it? But I do like it. Mm. Um, Beneath, which is basically, oh shit, um, 2001 <laughs> Space Odyssey came out and <laughs> we can't chase that, so let's not. <laughs> so yeah. it's it's like this first film's like, we're a bit more like artsy sci-fi. And it's like, ah, oh, turns out we're not. No. Um, should we, we also let's have like, kind double of, like, down. kind of like creature Double feature, down on the pulp. Like, let's pretend this came out 20 years ago um and you've seen the rest of them i think i've um, seen the first three but i will absolutely be catching up on the rest to complete the troll of april <laughs> the, the the third one's really good and it's what i keep thinking about is that escape is, that's escape isn't it yeah yeah it is it is tonally not great it doesn't really balance its mm. things but I really like it as a movie. It is the Star Trek IV of Ooh, the Planet of the Apes movies. Love that. Um, in love many that. ways. And it has some really good ape out of water comedy moments. <laughs> and I really like I really like the reversal that this is about apes in clever apes landing in society where they think that humans are going to be dumb and then humans are actually intelligent. Mm. It is this nice reversal of the exact stakes of the first film but the different points make it really interestingly different the whole way through um it builds up very compellingly i think it's actually a really good movie and i can imagine liking it even more upon a rewatch cool. some things i think it, it bums a little bit um then the franchise gets kind of not good i don't hate conquest Land of the apes because i think it's quite lean of it's just like here's what we want to see here is the ape uprising we're putting it on film really bluntly and bam um i really don't like how there is a black character in this that's pretty much used as a metaphor for every now and then let's talk about how you used to be enslaved um as a people and let's use that as um a metaphor a for apes yeah. were in and it's just like no. and occasionally there's like there's some some conversations there mismatched that ideas very there. uncomfortable mm. yeah really really bad mismatch um but it is in keeping with a very on-the-nose movie that works when it's just dystopian ape-rising movie. Sure. Um, and then they get bad. So bad Battle the Apes for the is Planet of the Apes, okay. Just, is just bad. It's this final chapter that doesn't really feel like it even should be a chapter right. of 
you're like, okay, well, the apes have risen, and this is just like, well, it turns out some of the apes are actually living alongside some of the humans and having a fine time. And what if that degraded slightly? I'm like, the stakes have lowered quite a lot. Um, <laughs> what is this weird middle film? And then it turns out there are some humans, and it's just, it feels completely unnecessary. It's really quite boring. It's got a battle at the end that feels like LARPing. Mm. Um, it's, it's rubbish. <laughs> so it's not as rubbish as planet of the apes is that um the, the tim burton awful 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 tim burton film mm. which is so goddamn horny what why is this movie so why is i vaguely i have not seen that in a long time but i remember it being silly it's like one tim burton doesn't care about what's going on um and is not the director to handle kind of like action adventure epic no. that is that is not what he can do and so the way that he um, directs fight scenes and big battle scenes is people just go flying. Um, <laughs> you're like, well, why? Um, but you know that moment at the end of the first Planet of the Apes mm. where um, the the lady ape, out of a sign of like friendship and trust, kisses Charlton Heston on the mouth. But okay. it's not a romanticized kiss. No. It, it is a moment of like, it's like young Tim Burton watched that. Didn't really get that it wasn't romantic. Like, oh, these apes are horny. It was, though. These apes yeah, are horny. Yeah, horny. Yeah. And Elbon Carter just really wants Mark Wahlberg. Oh, um, God. For this, for this whole movie. But so does kind of everyone. The last five minutes are very, very good and very, very interesting. Yeah. And should have been the film. Yeah, baby. What if, <laughs> what if Monkey Abe Lincoln? good yeah that's a good movie yeah um, a, a much more interesting. so yeah that, so, that was april. so yeah that's the april rundown so please join us next month where we will be covering the films of elaine may in april <laughs> elaine maypril uh and then it's we're doing uh, then we're doing spike lee um, <laughs> we haven't got a, yes. uh, a pun for spike lee may but we're no, doing we're doing spike, spike lee. lee we also didn't have a pun for previous months we did like no schwarzenegger november no so was... stop i mean i think we're putting that on ourselves really to come up with puns yeah. no one really cares i don't really care so we're doing elaine may next Though and March then on Night was, was great. spike lee and then mm. uh june july august beyond who knows maybe you've got a suggestion you can email us at yeah. the stacks yeah, on film open. at gmail.com because spike lee was a suggestion that it was, was um, that's a bravo from, from chris from bravo. bravo thank so, you very thank much you. for that chris bravo 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 um so yeah thank you very much for listening head over to the patreon for more exciting goodies yeah. you want to see that m night tier ranking you got to go to the patreon mm. Uh, we've got a couple of tiers. Then, uh, throw us a couple of quid a month. You get some more silly things. Yeah. You get some podcasts, commentary tracks, and videos. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash the stacks on film. Yeah, you can probably hear a recording of me talking about John Wick 4. Yes. Um, I'm also seeing that particular motion picture, but I will leave my thoughts to another podcast. Um, I will do both. <laughs> Stephen will do both. Uh, thank you very much for listening. And <laughs> as always... Don't, Don't let, let the, the shivers, shivers be get you. Get you, you damn dirty really apes. <laughs> you damn dirty Elaine Maple. <laughs> <laughs>